Hey guys, this is Coach Puru. Welcome to another episode of the Wellness and High Performance Podcast. Coach Teresa, welcome to this episode. Thank you for having me. Great to have you here. Absolute pleasure. Love doing this with you. And I hope that the listener loves listening to both of us yeah. as opposed to just me. Bit of yin and yang. Yeah, I think sure. that's that's definitely the case that's happening here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's really good. So in today's episode, we're going to be continuing on f- focusing on muscle building. So now that we've covered, first we already covered like what should you do in the gym, like really specifically, how should you execute your sets? Then we move to more of like a program thing, like what kind of, um, like how long should your programs be? How often should you change your workouts? And then we spoke about fatigue management, like how the importance of recovery for muscle building, the importance of sleep. And today we're going to be talking about the nutritional aspect of muscle building, which is of course really, really related to the recovery aspect of muscle building. And before we get into that, I would like to remind you that we would appreciate it a lot if you subscribe to the channel, if you left us a rating and a review on where you're consuming this information from, if you have found these episodes useful, and if you have a friend or a family member who you think that would also benefit from this information, it would be absolutely awesome if you shared this episode with those people. I think before we get into today's topic of nutrition, I do want to say one thing, which is that, you know, we've really been covering like this, this theory aspect of training, you know, and a lot of people who are in the fitness industry, like really like old timers, a lot of, and I'm not an old timer, but I've learned from a lot of old timers who've like really been doing this stuff for a really, really long time. A lot of them like to bring up the point, especially nowadays, you know, with all this, like even me and myself, sometimes like sound scientific and they use mm-hmm. these terms and stuff. And they say, well, you know what? Like if you look at these people who've literally been like the most muscular people in the whole world, like Ronnie Coleman, for instance, or some of those guys, mm-hmm. like way back in the day. Arnie. Arnie, some of the guys who used to train with him, like those guys weren't really thinking about this stuff. Like they were just going to the gym, going to balls to walls, yeah. training super hard. Their their technique wasn't really, you know, that like you look at some of the training videos, you're like, well, your technique isn't that great. But at the same time, like this guy's little the biggest human and like the, the most well-rounded physique that's ever been. True. So, of course, there's like some merit to that as well. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think like everything has to be totally scientific evidence based to the 10th degree every single time. But it does definitely help in guiding you towards the right direction and the right path. Exactly. And that's kind of the lens that we we try to employ, like the intelligent muscle building, you know, Mm -hmm. um, kind of the counter argument to that then you know if you look at ronnie coleman these days he's in basically you know he's limping he's had like multiple hip surgeries it's like maybe if he had been a little bit more intelligent he could have still like you know achieved like pretty much what he did from muscular perspective but then have had a little bit less of those negative side effects maybe maybe who knows we don't know but the reason why i wanted to bring this up is that 
hard work you still got to put in work like you still gotta even though when you've got you're following a program and you're you're you've got all these things in check that we've spoken about you still got to put in the effort mm -hmm. like you still gotta go show up you gotta show up you gotta show up mentally and you gotta actually be working hard and staying consistent and consistent hard work mm -hmm. combined with this intelligent approach that's the real ticket to the fastest possible gains with the minimum risk of negative side effects. Mm. If you just have an intelligent approach, you know, you're all brains, no balls, then you're probably, you're really not gonna tap into your potential. And mm. in the same way, if you're all balls, but zero brains, you might get great results, but you're also likely to just accumulate those secondary side effects. Mm. There's a fine balance, isn't there? yeah yeah for sure balls to brains ratio balls to brain ratio that's it like you know there's there's discomfort along the way um and each person will experience that discomfort or yeah challenge in their own different way like for some people it might be the nutrition aspect for some people it might be the training aspect and for other people it might be the recovery aspect that they find is like and then for some people it might be all three <laughs> um but yeah, just obviously like finding the best approach that works for you with the most evidence-based um, kind of theory to help you get to that uh, end result as fast as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's kind of where where I stand anyway. Yeah. 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 Totally. Like in the end of the day, it'll come down to can you stick to this thing? Yeah. You know, you can have the best plan on paper, but if you can't stick to it, you're not going to get the results. So you've got to find the middle line yeah. with those things. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Getting into the nutrition side of things today. So, you know, when it comes to like nutrition, we see a lot of this like majoring in the minors happening, like especially when it comes to like building muscle, like a lot of people are unfortunately putting most of their effort and their money into places where they actually like doesn't really matter much and then they completely kind of disregard the stuff that's actually by far the biggest and the most important things to have in place. So the goal with today's episode is that by the end of this episode, you know exactly what are the most important things that you need to focus on if your goal is to build muscle mass. Perfect. So the framework and the kind of the systematic approach that we'll take to tackle this thing is to go through the hierarchy of nutritional priorities pyramid that's been put forward by Dr. Mike Richetel from Renaissance Periodization, which is a group of PhDs and college professors from the America who also lift, who also compete in bodybuilding, powerlifting, other, other, physique, other, other physical and physique sports. So they understand all the science and they actually practicing that, talk. walking the talk yeah. and talking the talk. <laughs> they put out some of the best fitness information out there. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is for coaches, but a lot of it is still understandable and digestible for just the lay person. So mm -hmm. highly recommend giving them a follow. It's um, RP Strength is their Instagram handle, as for instance. So they've put forward this model, this pyramid approach that really allows us to determine, okay, which aspect of nutrition should we actually put the most of our attention to? 
And if your goal is to improve your physique, if your goal is to build muscle mass, that's that's specifically what we're going to talk about today. The biggest block in the pyramid, in the bottom of your pyramid, constituting to about 50% of the entire pyramid is the calorie balance. Are you eating enough calories to so that your body is in an anabolic state where it can support muscle growth? Mm. And this is where like a bit of a hammer is dropped and there's like a little bit of a like a coin drops on the ground thing. It's like there are no such thing as muscle building and fat loss workouts. They don't exist. There's Ooh. just workouts. Coin drop. There's drop. there's just workouts, okay? What you do in the gym is just a stress to your body that's gonna stimulate your body to, you know, increase lean mass, improve increase strength, power, speed, fitness whatever it may be but whether or you're, whether or not you're actually going to build or lose build muscle or lose fat is going to determine whether you're in a calorie surplus at calorie maintenance or in a calorie deficit meaning calorie surplus means that you're putting in more energy into the body than what you're expending through your total daily energy expenditure Maintenance means that you're putting in the same amount of energy as what you're expending through your total daily energy expenditure. And deficit means that you're putting in less energy. That is the thing that drives the show. And if the goal is to build muscle mass, when you're a beginner, you can build muscle mass while being at maintenance calories. You can build muscle mass and you can even drop body fat simultaneously when you're a beginner so that's about like the first couple months of your training career or if you've been training before but you've just come back from an extended period of no training but beyond that like beyond that first couple months now if you were trying to build muscle mass but be at the calorie maintenance the rate of progress is going to be super super slow you're not really giving the body enough energy to first of all to sustain the type of training that you need to do if you're advanced so that you can get even more advanced you need to train really hard and to do that you need to provide the body a lot of calories a lot of energy so that you can perform and you can recover from that performance yes. very very important so at maintenance calories you cannot do that you have to be at calorie surplus yeah and when you're in a calorie surplus how do you know that you're in a calorie surplus well your body weight is going to increase yes it's going to start to increase a little bit you know we don't really want to see like a huge huge increase well we do have a um, bit of a rule of thumb for that though yes we do and that's with every what is your rule of thumb talk to me about that <laughs> 500 grams a week yeah so so when you're trying to increase your lean mass you should try to cap your weight gain rate to about about 500 grams each week the reason for that is that if you're gaining weight much faster than 500 grams a week chances are that you're actually also gaining significant amount of body fat now with that said 
you know, whenever you're in a calorie surplus and you're increasing your body weight, there's also go always going to be a little bit of body fat associated. Like you're probably always going to be gaining a little bit of body fat. It's just that you want to try to minimize the percentage of body fat to muscle that's gained when you are in a calorie surplus. And if you're gaining weight too quickly, now it's going to be skewed more towards gaining very little muscle, gaining a lot of body fat. And that's obviously like not ideal at all. But then if you're, um, you're in a calorie surplus or you think you're in a calorie surplus, but your body weight isn't increasing 500 grams a week, it's like pretty much staying the same or only like increasing just a little bit. Well, now you're not really in a calorie surplus you're not really in a state where your whole system is more anabolic it's at your when you're in a calorie surplus you're you're in a state where you're you're adding tissue onto the body and the body's muscle building machinery is upregulated and it takes a couple weeks to maybe even a month for that machinery to become finely tuned in and kind of like upregulated. So that's why it's kind of important not just say like, I'm gonna build muscle for the next four weeks and I'm gonna stop there. Like, no, no, you wanna give yourself a runway of like maybe at least 18 week program of, you know, three, six week blocks, for example, of progressive training. And you say that for these 18 weeks, I'm gonna to try to be in a calorie surplus and increase my body weight gradually. What do you think about the, like, do you have anything to put into like, you know, when you're in a surplus and you're you're seeing a little bit of body fat accumulating on your body? Mm, yeah, well, I mean, I think this may be one of the reasons why some people do find it challenging to put themselves into, a, you know, a slight surplus is because perhaps they haven't really done that inner work on the body positivity and like being okay with either putting on a little bit more um, body fat or a little bit more muscle mass initially so that um, it does give them the opportunity to go into a fat loss phase after mm. um, is that kind of what you mean like I just kind of mean like from like a, especially I think like a, a, from a women's perspective yeah, for sure. a lot of guys don't really guys you know don't really care that much. well they do, do but there's like a lot of guys who are just like in this forever bulk type of a thing they're like you know, I mean, you, not that you have to see your abs or anything like that, but just like, you, you kind of like went on a bulk and you thought you're going to build some muscle and then you just kind of stayed there and you've like never pretty much got into the point where you can like see your, see your abdominals if mm -hmm. that's something that's, that's important to you. And yes. you're just always kind of um, a little bit fluffy, little bit so to speak. So yeah. a lot of guys are kind of more okay with that, I feel like, mm -hmm. whereas for a lot of women you know for a lot of women the main priority usually is like to increase the size of the glutes for example mm. well to really maximize your glute hypertrophy we need to put you in this training program that gives enough stimulus for those glutes and then we also need to put you on a calorie surplus meaning that you're gonna probably put on a bit of body fat but you're also probably gonna build some pretty good glutes absolutely and then once we've you know run the we've run the runway with that, then we can, you know, 
do a maintenance phase first to allow your body to become accustomed to this new level of muscularity in your gluteus muscles and then from there go to a maybe a cut like try to you know focus more on fat loss and see your body weight reducing but try to hold on to that muscle gain that you've worked so hard for mm. yeah and like it actually really makes so much more sense to structure your whole like physique transformation in that way because actually it's going to be a lot faster to get to the end point if you spend a specific amount of time in a building phase and like just work around with some of the you know negative mind chatter that might be presenting itself in terms of like I'm not getting results or I'm going backwards or da 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 whatever it might be but then at the end of the day once you're once you come out of that um that surplus phase and different things in your body for example your neat um, even like your relationship with food starts to kind of repair itself. Well, I shouldn't really say repair because there was no damage to be done in the mm. first place, but it's kind of like more like you've got a clean slate where you feel psychologically and physically ready to go into a maintenance or fat loss phase. Um, you know, you're probably going to get to point from A to B much faster than just continuously putting yourself in the calorie deficit, but you're not really going anywhere because there's no intention behind it yeah okay so you mean like switching like back and forth kind of thing like oh i want to build muscle mass but then as soon as you start seeing yourself like getting a little bit softer around the edges like oh should i go into a diet like oh i can't handle this like it's very uncomfortable and then you're going back and forth and you're never really letting the body to get good at anything no because it does take a while for the muscle building and the fat loss machinery within the body to really get Mm. going so that's why you do really want to have a plan that you can stick to for an extended period of time to really get the most benefits from it yeah and i think another thing to add to what you said is that when you are in a state of um, gaining, you know what's really cool about that? Like when you're seeing you're in a calorie surplus, you can train like a freaking machine. Mm, you get really strong. Yeah, really like your, your strength gains are going to go through the roof. You can sustain a lot of training volume mm-hmm. and you can feel that you can recover from it. Yeah. You're going to have a ton of energy. You actually feel pretty yeah. damn good. You're going to feel really confident as well. Exactly right. Seeing all those numbers go up, like you're performing like you've never performed before. 100%. But that's the key. Like you got to track your training. Yes. Like we spoke before, like you got to track your training and then you can progressively see yourself getting better. Mm-hmm. And you kind of like don't just associate your self-worth to like what's the body weight scale or Mm. like because you will be putting on weight or like even in the mirror if you're getting a little bit fluffy around the edges but then at the same time you're like well i might be getting a little bit fluffy around the edges but my you know my strength in the romanian deadlift has gone through the roof my squatting strength has gone through the roof my hip thrust strength has gone through the roof so i'm pretty damn sure that a lot of that extra weight is being added onto the tissues that i'm actually after you know that was in the specific instance of wanting to build glutes of course yeah yeah amazing so yeah yeah, you know i think a lot of it really does come from the whole like your mindset and the planning and the pre-work that you've kind of um put into place so that there's some intention towards those different phases of 
the muscle building um, time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As opposed to just kind willy-nilly. of willy-nilly, yeah. always trying to do everything at the same time, yeah. having more dedicated specific periods of the year for specific goals. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the show, you know. In the leaner, stronger experience that we do, we first we put people the first time because most people want to lose fat first. We put them into a, we take them through a fat loss phase, and then if they wish, you know, in the next time when they do the leaner, stronger experience, because you you can always do it again and again. Then you can, you know, depending on if you want to lose more fat, you can do it again with the fat loss, or you could do it more of a muscle gain phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's calories. Calories are the most important thing, okay? Mm. Bottom line is is that. Did you have anything more to add? Nothing else to add. Perfect. Next, we're going to be moving into the next most important block in the pyramid, which is macronutrient split, okay? So this is going to be about 30% of the total size of the pyramid. So we have 50% calories, 30% macronutrient split meaning are you getting enough protein carbohydrates and fats when it comes to like health side of things it actually turns out that the minimum requirement to like tick the body's health needs of each macronutrient is 10 percent of your total daily calorie intake needs to come from each protein carbs and fats So that's actually not that much. That's actually super easy to hit. Mm. So that's kind of a nice thing to know that unless you're doing like something totally crazy where you're like cutting out complete food groups, which is not the best idea always, but to have a bit of a balanced approach, as long as you have like a balanced approach, you're always kind of ticking off like at least the bare minimum of each one of these macronutrient groups. But that's for health purposes. Now, when it comes to maximizing muscle building, I'm sure you're aware that amino acids that make up protein are the building blocks of new skeletal muscle tissue. So meaning you have to give your body protein and enough of enough protein. And that's aside from resistance training, that's the second best stimulator of hypertrophy. And you know, increasing the, the putting your body into a state of increasing protein synthesis, meaning that you're actually now building muscle. Training will do it, and ingesting enough protein within the meal will also do it. The biggest picture is that you should have between about 1.6 grams of protein per kilo of body weight per day to about 2.2 grams of protein per kilo of body weight per day. There's been some studies like overfeeding studies where they've fed people up to like four grams of protein per kilo of body weight per day. And they haven't seen that big of a, no big negative side effects other than it's really uncomfortable to do. And it's really hard to follow that Mm. because like protein is like super satiating. You know, think about it. Like if you're just eating most of your total all the food that you eat within the day if you were only to eat steaks and chicken breast and eggs and eggs <laughs> like it'll be really miserable yeah. actually yeah uncomfortable super uncomfortable Eesh. but for you know for muscle growth muscle guiding purposes it's really important 
that you do supply your body a kind of a steady stimulus of protein throughout the day so it's really good idea to um, kind of like spread your protein intake pretty much like evenly throughout the day like if you're gonna eat three or four meals a day like then you just calculate your total daily protein intake like let's say it's two grams per kilo of body weight for me that'll be about 180 grams of protein per day i'm just going to divide that by the times around by the amount of times that i eat per day and that gives me how much i should get in within each meal yeah so if we put that make that a little bit more actionable let's say it's 180 grams of protein per day Mm -hmm. let's say you eat about three meals a day so that's you're looking for roughly 60 grams of protein per meal Mm -hmm. just note that say for example a 100 gram piece of chicken um weighed raw might only have 20 or let's say chicken breast is a little bit higher it's about 30 grams okay so Mm -hmm. that means for that meal you have to make sure you're having about 200 grams of weighed chicken which would equal roughly 60 grams of um actual protein within that meal yeah so if you just yeah kind of look at it from that perspective it will make a little bit more sense yeah but yeah we we go through all of that um with our team in the leaner stronger experience yeah and we give the specific give macro breakdowns like you yeah. don't have to do calculations we do all the calculations for you yeah. and then we have the amazing meal bank mm-hmm. which which then actually translates those n- numbers into really easily to recipes mm-hmm. and shopping lists Mm-hmm. Of like, how do you actually put this into 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 action in your life? Mm-hmm. So, Teresa is completely responsible of building yeah. the model for that, and it's it's working really well. Yeah, and you know, for me as a teacher, I think well, not anymore, but I used to be a teacher. I think education and having those skills um, is definitely like a big part of what we teach and train people in the experience. So, for those people who do want to learn more about that. You know, you can start to understand these things that happen on, like, in the back back end of what's going on. And I slowly kind of drip feed your ability in, in being able to calculate some of this stuff um, by yourself. Or if you just feel like you're like, ah, oh, no, I just need someone to tell me what to do. We've also got that, um, got that there as well. That's it. So if you just want to fish, we'll give you the fish. But if you want to learn how to fish, we'll do that as well. Brilliant. So the bottom line from the macronutrient block is that getting enough protein is the biggest thing that you want to focus on if you want to build muscle mass. So now we've already covered 80% of this pyramid. So this is literally like where you should put most of your attention. And now we're going to go to the next part, which is about 10% of the total importance of the pyramid, which is nutrient timing. And I already kind of like spilled the beans with that one is when it comes to you know protein make sure that you're giving your body a pretty even evenly distributed um dose of protein that's a a pretty good approach to to do that Mm. and then from there it'll basically come down to like okay how can we manipulate carbohydrates and fats to maximize your performance in the gym and it turns out that carbohydrates are the body's preferred fuel source both for your nervous system and for your muscles so therefore by eating carbs at at the right times we can really maximize your performance in the gym 
You know, when you eat carbohydrates before your training session and in the in the meal like about 90 minutes or so prior to your training session, that those carbohydrates are going to be digested and, you know, they're going to turn into glucose and that glucose is going to be used for the fuel for your brain and your nervous system while you're in the gym. But now you're like, um, what about what about the muscles? If glucose is also the preferred fuel source for muscles, where do muscles get their carbohydrates from? And it turns out that after you, when you resistance train, about for about ninety minutes after your training sessions, your muscle cells are able to taking glucose into the muscles without the presence of insulin, which is this hormone that regulates your blood sugar levels. And because of that, even people who are diabetic and have type 2 diabetes, meaning that they have problem producing their own insulin and they actually have to get it exogenously by um, injecting it, even those people can actually have some glucose and carbohydrates after their training session because of this effect that training and exercise has on your ability to manage your blood sugar levels. This is why exercise and building lean mass, it's so damn important if you do have some blood sugar regulation problems. And if your doctor's telling you that, you know, you're becoming pre-diabetic, like you, the first, um, like if your doctor tells you that you're becoming getting closer to becoming pre-diabetic and closer to type 2 diabetes, your first reaction shouldn't be like, okay, how am I going to adjust my lifestyle to, for the rest of my life, um, learn how to inject insulin at the right times. Your question should be, okay, how can I increase my lean muscle mass and reduce my body fat mm. like right now? Because that is going to significantly improve your ability to regulate your blood sugar levels and you can reverse that type 2 diabetes within like months and even weeks some people say really powerful yeah 100% so kind of that threw me off track there but what i was going getting to is that when you have carbohydrates after your training session those carbohydrates are stored in your muscles as muscle glycogen, which is basically a combination of water and glucose, and that becomes glycogen. And the cool thing about that is that now that that's been put into your muscle cells, that can't be taken away by any other way other than contracting that muscle again. So therefore, actually the meal that you have after your training session is actually the pre-workout meal for your next session for your muscles. So again, the meal that you have before your training, that's the pre-workout meal for your brain and nervous system. And then the one you have after your training is the pre-workout meal for your muscles. And it will also accelerate your recovery, which is pretty cool. Mm, yeah. So what can you say to people who like to um, train fasted and who believe that they're gonna be burning some some fat if they come to our training session mm. 7 30 a.m yeah without without, without anything eating. on their stomach yeah. first of all again fat loss is going to come down to your total daily calorie intake so if you're you're training faster in the morning but then you know because you're like 
you didn't give your body energy, then you really you're going to be completely ravenous for the rest of the day and you can't control the cookie monster mm -hmm. and you're going to overconsume calories. Well, now you're going to be putting on fat anyways. But, or like within the, if you zoom out, like it's like the, mm -hmm. if you're in a calorie surplus by the end of the day or by the end of the week, you're going to be putting on body fat regardless of what, if you had a um, faster training session. But the problem, the real big problem is that if you show up without having had any carbohydrates or without having had any food in your in your system, like you're just gonna train like a wimp. You're like gonna you're gonna be like a soft sausage. Exactly, you're gonna show up like a soft sausage. Yeah, your squats are just gonna look very <laughs> soft. <laughs> no one wants a soft sausage. No one wants a soft sausage. <laughs> Coach Teresa doesn't like it when you show up to your training <laughs> sessions like a soft sausage. It's true. It's it's painful to watch. <laughs> so therefore, please do have some food. <laughs> do Teresa and yourself a favor and have a meal that has some protein and carbohydrates mm. as a pre-workout meal. And you know, maybe we'll give a specific recommendation to people who do train like really really early in the yeah. morning. Because some people, you know, I understand that. You don't really want to have like a full stomach. Mm. Yeah. What would you suggest? What would be your go-to like pre-workout kind of meal slash snack? Yeah, like usually when I have my, when I, for example, when I go for my early runs, like I might have some kind of like a cereal with a little bit of almond milk and throw a scoop of protein powder into that. That mm. works really well for me when I do go for a long run on the weekends and I don't have the time to eat a proper big meal before that. Yeah. I would say my go-to would be um, maybe just like half a cup to three quarters of a cup of almond milk with banana or even half a banana, a scoop of protein, um, whiz that up in the blender and you know that's that's really easy to down and you don't have to go like over the top with the amount like just do a half portion, um, so easy to knock down and it'll change your workout, it will change your training, it will take you to another level. Exactly. 100 percent you know coffee black coffee yeah totally yeah. fine one shot bang let's go let's go ready to rock so that's the nutrient timing pillar so that's if you want to gain that extra 10 percent on top mm. of the 80 percent that you've already got that's like where you're you're going to be thinking about how can i maximize my performance in the gym Cool. So we're at 90%. We're, we're at 90%. We've got 10% only to go in the top of the pyramid. The next 5% is food composition. So believe it or not, if your goal is to build muscle mass, like what you actually eat, it only matters for 5%. Mm. You know, if your goal is health, like if health is your main goal, then it actually flips around so that food composition is now 10% and nutrient timing becomes less important. Mm. But if the goal is just body composition and maximizing muscle mass, it's not that important of where those calories come from. Mm. And you know what we recommend, and that's uh, certainly a very healthy approach as well, you're probably gonna maximize your health really, really well from this approach, is the 80-20 rule mm. of healthy eating. Love the 80-20 rule. 80-20 rule just means like for 80% of the time, eat unprocessed and whole foods that still look like the thing that it was when it 
um, like that has been processed like massively. You know, you could make the argument like beef mince is being processed, but yeah, okay, it still kind of look like looks like beef. Mm-hmm. Um, versus like, and then twenty percent of the time eating, you can enjoy those processed foods like whatever we we usually junk food term is thrown in there you know like what what would that be ice cream pizza Mm. um yeah a little bit more processed something food that doesn't really look like how it originated from nature yeah so like you know if you you, if you've got like a potato steak and some boiled vegetables on your plate like you pretty much know okay i know exactly where this has come from but if you're getting something, ordering off Uber Eats and I don't know, who knows what's in there. It's like, oh, I don't really know <laughs> the exact, like, composition of this. Plate. Or like some kind of, like, pastry. like yeah. a, like, a, like a pastry yeah. or like some, like, processed stuff that comes in a... Yeah. Uh, you can get from supermarket. It usually comes in yeah, a packet. True. Like, if you if you weren't able to, like, flip it around and actually read the ingredient list, yeah. they'd be like, I have no freaking idea what this thing's made of. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, and like, let's put that into something a bit more actionable. Let's say you have roughly four meals a day. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that? Four times seven is twenty-eight. Yes. So 20% of that would be oh, five point, let's say 5.8. So roughly about six meals. Yes. So that's probably like either one meal per day. Yeah. Or, you know, on the weekends, maybe it's two meals and then the other, the other days are a little bit more on the whole food side. Yeah. And I think that's that's really doable. That's quite a lot of flexibility. That's a lot of flexibility. That's a lot of really. flexibility. Like six meals of the day where you could incorporate, uh, so if the week, my, my bad, where you could incorporate something like, you know, like an ice cream or what else might it be? Like, give me some help because I'm not very good. <laughs> Clearly, I'm only eating whole foods over yeah, here. <laughs> just a bit of chocolate here and a bit of like bit some of kind of a little treat here and a there. A waffle. A waffle, whatever. Some waffles as long as you have 80% of the time you got your ducks in a row and you're eating unprocessed food for 20% of the time, yeah. you can enjoy those processed foods with no detriment to your ability to build muscle mass or for your health for that. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, cool. that one's out of the way. Last the last one. 5% at the very peak of the pyramid, only 5%, folks, is hydration and supplements, okay? When it comes to hydration, you know, drink when you're thirsty, try not to get thirsty in the first place. For men, it's about three liters of water per day. For women, about two liters of water per day as a minimum. If you are, if you sweat a lot, you're you do a lot of like if you if you full stop if you sweat a lot and it's really hot, it's mm. summer. You might actually have to drink more than yeah. that. But that's Turn a pretty good that's a pretty good starting point. And mm. you know, at the very very peak of the pyramid, like two and a half percent supplements. And this is where most people have like completely flipped the pyramid upside down, like. You know, like what? What is the supplement that I can take? What's this magic pill? What's the magic pill that that I can take? And unfortunately, a lot of people are wasting their money and their effort into this thing that's at the very peak of the pyramid and actually doesn't really do fuck all for the whole pyramid. That's okay. that's just um, the fact. So, what is our goal for? I mean, so what is our recommendation for for supplements when it comes to muscle building and there's pretty much only one thing that i can really really recommend that does something which is creatine monohydrate and that's it creatine monohydrate 
is probably it is by far the most studied sports supplement out there it's been studied extensively for a really really long period of time it's super safe it's been proven to have benefits for increasing your lean muscle mass increasing your lean uh, sorry increasing your performance in the gym so that you can build more lean muscle mass and also for the reduction of body fat so it pretty much has all positive from performance and those have been really verified and ticked off and lately creating monohydrate has been also shown to have some benefits for neurological health and cognitive health mm, so that's, that's cool. a pretty pretty cool thing to go with that mm. the when it comes to like what form of creatine creatine should you take it's baked in the name only do creatine monohydrate there are other forms of creatine but they're significantly more expensive and potentially even worse when it comes to like what does it actually do so creatine monohydrate is super safe and it's super cheap so highly recommend that there is the like when you start taking it it's kind of you can do either one or two approaches you can either do what's called a loading phase so you saturate your muscle creatine stores phosphocreatine stores by taking about 20 grams of creatine sp split into five grams four times a day for five days and then you go into a maintenance which is five grams once a day or what you could do is you just go straight to one gram sorry five grams once a day and without doing that loading phase but it will just take a little bit longer for the creatine stores to be topped up in your muscles mm. usually the recommendation there is that if you have some like digestive problems or if you get like some gi symptoms from taking creatine then you shouldn't do the loading phase and you should just go straight into the maintenance thing mm. so just start with a little bit yeah. um, the other supplement that we can recommend kind of related to our discussion about macronutrients would be you know protein supplements yeah protein powder like if you the, the thing there though is that it's not necessary it's really not necessary if you can get your protein um, amount from pure f <laughs> food whether that's um, chicken breast fish um, beef pork Kangaroo, Turkey, kangaroo, meat, crocodile, tofu, whatever you like edamame, to eat. <laughs> tempeh yeah. um, for vegans, you know, that's going to be what stimulates and allows you to yeah, pr to create the muscle mass. You'll get all the benefits of protein from, totally. from that as long as you're getting the enough within the day. And the, the analogy is that if you then think that I'm going to still get more out of a protein powder, it's kind of like taking a glass of water and throwing it into the ocean like the ocean mm. is already full so a glass of water ain't gonna do shit yeah, that's right it's not just gonna magically start building muscle mass just because you've taken it that day like you still need to do all the the underlying work underneath and you know i think the same can be said for people who are worried about hashtag getting bulky mm. in that like you know, there are still some people who are afraid to take protein powder because there's that silly myth that it's going to make you automatically just put on like muscle mass. It's like, no. <laughs> Do you understand how hard it is? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not hard, but you know, there, is, there does need to be some effort put into to building muscle. It doesn't just happen from drinking a protein shake exactly right um and then i guess i the same thing can be said from like um eaas and bcaas and stuff like that like 
oh, I've seen Teresa drinking those. It's like, no, that doesn't magically build muscle for me either. Like from like, it's actually not even necessary. I just kind of like the taste and it's a bit of a habit. Just like I have a coffee in the morning. Sometimes I like to train with some EAAs and it's not, not like a magical like elixir of, you know, delicious protein that's going to build me muscle. Um, I just kind of like the taste and I like the, the routine. There you go. So that is the nutritional hierarchy of priorities. Calories, 50%. Macronutrients, 30%. 10% nutrient timing. 10% food composition. Sorry, 5% food composition. And then 5% hydration and supplements. Don't flip the period upside down. You're going to be wasting your time. You're going to be wasting your effort and you're going to be wasting your money. Keep the pyramid where it should be. And now you're going to be making the best progress that you've ever made without, you know, wasting your time anywhere. That's, this is the intelligent and the most fast forward way towards your goal, which is to build muscle mass to look and feel awesome. Yeah, if you would like to help us specifically to help you work through this thing and not just to give you the plan, but actually to like work with you on a weekly basis to make sure that you can actually stick to the plan and then help you to build it into your lifestyle to something that you can really stick to for a long duration of time. I would highly recommend you to reaching out to us and letting us know that you're interested in the next Leaner Stronger experience, which will be rolled out in early 2023. So if you have some physique related goals, if you have some relatives who have been talking about like changing their physique, improving their health, if you want to get the best approach from a nutritional training lifestyle accountability adherence and a community and the whole experience perspective can't direct you to anywhere else other than our leaner stronger experience if you have any questions would love to answer them at instagram hello sorry in instagram at coach Puri, at coach Teresa west or sending me an email on hello at coach <laughs> why do i always butcher that it's okay. There's a lot of ats and hellos and ugh. God dang it. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for watching and listening. I hope that you've enjoyed this. I hope that you have an absolutely fantastic rest of the week. This is Coach Buddha. Coach Teresa. See you in the next episode.